This is Zach Slater, and welcome to Let Me Know How It Is. We're a podcast that discusses comic books, movies, television, animation, and anything else that strikes our fancy. This is our inaugural episode, so I invite you to get to know myself and the rest of the panel as we discuss our favorite single issues in comics. I'm Zach Slater. Everyone else will introduce themselves. I'm Frank Melman. Clifton. Tommy Smithereens. For this first episode, we are going to do our uh, favorite single issues of comics. Except for uh, Tommy, who did not do homework. Right. <laughs> Tommy is going to make this throw, up as he goes. Throw him out there, Clifton. Just let him know. Comics I've read. <laughs> These are issues that I've read. <laughs> right. Single. Just co-signing everybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I like that one, too. That's, sure. That's a good that's one. That's my three. Right. Okay. Right. Frank, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All right, so I would probably say my favorite single issue, my first one would be, um, I guess we'll go chronologically, would be Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1. Okay. Just basically at that point, you have first appearance of the Sinister Six. You have the entirety of the Marvel Universe showing up together, pretty much. Not in the same time, but in the, within the book. They all have little you know, cameo appearances. Not to mention there's Ditko doing really cool splash pages every time Spider-Man's fighting the various villains. There's probably one of my favorite panels in all of comics is the one, or the splash page is the one with uh, Sandman, Spider-Man fighting. What year is this? This is like 1963, maybe a little later, a little earlier. I'm not okay. sure. So it's early, early Spider-Man. It was very early in the run. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's still Stanley and Steve Ditko. They did Sinister Six that early? Yeah. I don't I, I don't know my early Spider-Man. Yeah, because like the first, really? th- well, the first 13 is, is basically, you know, all your major... Spider-Man villains that still exist now and they're making movies out of. So it's Mysterio, Vulture, Dr. Octopus, Craven, Electro, and the Sandman. So Okay. Yeah. So that would why be you, why do you like it though? Well, well I what's mean, the story. Like Well, basically the story is is that Aunt May and, and Betty Brandt get kidnapped by the Sinister Six randomly. And then huh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean it's, it's not like they knew who Spider-Man was. It was it just happened they happened to choose two people that were very crucial to Spider-Man's <laughs> or Peter Parker's life. And that he's there basically it's kidnapped and they're basically putting it out there that if we team up, we can defeat Spider-Man and he has to individually go and fight them one on one. Why they don't go at him at once. I don't quite get it, but still it's one of my favorite issues. I read it as a treasury first. It's in the huge format. And again, all of that artwork and all the stuff from Steve Ditko is even better at that size as opposed to, I mean, the comic itself I own too, but the treasury one, I remember as a kid just being amazed by it. No, no pun intended. But it's even to this day, I still will look when, when I see stuff on, online of people saying this is my favorite panel, this is my favorite splash page. A lot of stuff from that that particular issue still resonates with, with me now. So, Tommy, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it's planetary number twenty seven, but I'm not sure about the um, issue number. And why that was interesting to me is this, it's interesting take on um, Tarzan. Um, as I'm not sure if you're aware of, but Planetary has a particular spin on established pulp heroes and superheroes. And what makes it interesting is, um, oh, I forget who the hell wrote Planetary? Warren Ellis. Thank you, Warren Ellis. Thank you, Frank. Yep. And um, I love this take on Tarzan because he showed him as being <laughs> a vile individual. And if you think about it, that's exactly what happens when you grow a couple of apes. So as a result of it. Yeah, what's the oh damn, I was off as hell. Yeah. It was not issue twenty seven, it was issue seventeen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I love Planetary as a series and that one stood out to me more because it was this 
it just singled out how absurd it would be for Tarzan to exist in that way, or at least in that little aspect of it. It just it just caught my attention. I won't discuss as to why it was so absurd, <laughs> but it's, to me it was funny as hell. It's just more a little realistic take, right? Yeah, a little too realistic okay. for most takes. I got It would sour Tarzan for you for many, many, many years to come. You'll never look at that Disney cartoon ever again the same oh. way. <laughs> Just watch that. Yeah. 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 I'm never reading this. Issue, oh, no, not at all. It'll make, it'll make you look at Rosie O'Donnell a whole different way. <laughs> so, I, I forgot she was in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, and I'm watching, I'm like, is that Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all I have right now is that Phil Collins song in my head. Yeah. Right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was looking for that soundtrack for like four years. Oh, really? I'm not surprised. Like I was looking for like does Disney vault their smoothie scores? I can't. I mean, they probably, they, they probably they probably they, if yeah. they could, they will. Yeah, they will. Yeah. I yeah. Be but Disney owns it. Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing huh. for this. Yeah, like this was like in I don't know, like 2004. I mean, for a while they, you know, not to plug a certain red like store you can figure out which one i'm talking about right. but yeah for the longest time they had disney scores or disney soundtrack stuff with all at least all the songs i don't know about yeah. the actual music from it but the actual songs you could get but not anymore i mean i guess that's all streamed individually if you really wanted it and they probably play it on the um the disney streaming service of uh, the music one okay yeah so it does i mean they still have very much control of it i mean hell it's a phil collins song Shit. yeah <laughs> probably wasn't even ever gonna actually listen to it anyway yeah. <laughs> I probably just like I was probably was looking for it because I was afraid it was gonna go in the vault. I hate you, Disney. But going back, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Don't don't read it if you like Tarzan. No. That's all. But it's a great take. That's a great take. Yeah. You guys have been pitching Planetary for years. And you still have not. I've read, read it. only the Batman issue. Surprise, surprise. Still, but great. you liked Which it though, good. right? Yeah. I did like it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I have an opinion on Warren Ellis just yeah. I don't think I've read mm, enough of his stuff, but yeah. But it's just him untethered using basically um all the properties that make up comics. I mean, the pulpy stuff is interesting. Mm. His take on um DC and Marvel is interesting. And then John Wu is pretty yeah, good. John, yeah, that's very good. Yeah. But what he mm. does is after he gets all that out of his system, it blends into something extraordinary. And I, I will say some of the stuff is ahead of its time as far as how he depicts um, aspects of how they actually um, win the day, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, if I read anything of his, I think it's going to be that. Yeah, I wouldn't sure. recommend anything I mean, else. A lot of people recommend I've tried, Frequency. like, what was his indie book? His Frequency. Indie book a couple of years ago. No, he did, like, no. Injection. I read the first couple of issues of Injection. That was a phase where I was buying, like, issue one and two of, like, almost everything on the shelf just to try it out. Yeah. And, I mean, the you know, J I, mean, I liked it. I was going to say, like, you might, like... Um... I think it's Desolation Jones is the one that's is it J.H. Williams, I think, does. Yeah, it's J.H. Williams. Yeah. The second one's like Duncan for Greater, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're both good, but I know you like well, you know, Williams. I don't know if you know Duncan for Greater, but it's one of those things where I think you might like that one. It's a little it's a little more like Transmetropolitan. But again Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. But Planter, I mean Planter is my favorite by him, for okay. sure. So Yeah, Desolation Jones is very good. Mm -hmm. I'm not always onto Warren Ellis books, but I like that one quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Clifton, you're up. Number three, I guess, if we're ranking these. We're not ranking these, whatever. No. <laughs> no. Oh, how are we supposed to how have many, three? How many, <laughs> how many have, 
Except for Tommy. He didn't do his homework. Uh, we're, all, we're all judging him. He'll make it, this. He'll make it up as he goes along. was on everybody's he's, list he's when they left. came in, though. Like, I had a couple of alternates. We were talking at dinner, Tommy and I, and yeah. I said it was one of those things where I, you know, I, I might switch one up. And I have a couple that I was like, eh, I'm on the fence about. Not that I don't like the issues themselves or I don't, you know, for me, it's one of those if I see them in, in like a dollar bin, I'll pick them up right. to have them around. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where the ones that I chose are the ones I definitely, I, I love those issues. 15. Okay. That's, I, so, again, not surprised. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> could you, maybe could, we'll could, do a part could two. You, could you give some to Tommy there? Yeah, no, I don't want to do well, man. But I don't want any of Batman, so that's probably what two well, it's left. All Batman. It's all Batman. All of it. Yes. All right. So the one issue I got for this one is the Jimmy Olsen number one, one shot from Ooh, 2011. I remember that one. It is a bit of a cheat in that it started out as backup stories in action comics okay 10 page backups but they only ran for three issues before they stopped them Mm -hmm. to then put them all out in one 80 page issue (laughs) is that nick spencer it is okay yeah that's a really good one creators are uh, nick spencer writer pencilers are emilcar pina and rb silva Mm. uh, over the eight chapters of it it's just at the time uh it was a throwback to the old Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Mm -hmm. So it was just putting Jimmy Olsen in the kind of wacky scenarios, but in in modern time and modern uh, DC at that time, which (laughs) would have come out, started in 2010, I guess, was when the first back issue was. And Superman was, I believe, walking across America. Oh, that one, yeah. (laughs) At that point in time in those issues. So uh, Superman's not in Metropolis in the Jimmy Olsen story. Ah. So it's Jimmy Olsen solving problems without Superman. The other thing at the time is that they were trying to introduce Chloe Sullivan from Smallville into the comics at that time, which was... Whatever happened to her? It was a good idea at the time, (laughs) coming off the the popularity of Smallville that had just wrapped up. Nothing good, Zach. It it has not aged well. and I don't don't think we'll be seeing that character Uh, probably again. Ever, yeah, if ever. (laughs) Due to (laughs) off-page shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) I watched... Smallville here and there because I had like friends that like non comic book reader friends that were into it, uh-huh. and and I was dating a girl that was into it for a while. Mm-hmm. But like Chloe was always a weird character for me because she was Lois, like she was she, she was, was Lois yeah, before was like, like, four seasons yeah. before yeah. Lois came out, yes. yeah. And then yeah. they introduced Lois, and it who was I remember her cousin. thinking, yeah, and I remember thinking like, what are they going to do now? Like they got not like, have they, they got like two do. of the same character, <laughs> not have any yeah. her character do yeah. really. I think they wanted to have like the love triangle that they have with like Lois and Lana later on in the in the Superman stories when they're all living in Metropolis at the same time, but at the same time, other than the wall of weird and like basically giving the intro of the story or giving your 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 point that you come into the story where you're like, Oh, this is something weird that's going on in in Smallville, there really wasn't much for her to do. It's a good pick though. Yeah, it's a good. She's a really good pick. That's a good pick. I, I forgot completely about that issue, no, but it, is, it was it really is, good. It's a great self-contained issue. It's completely entry. You can just pick it up wherever you can find it. Uh, chapter. The name of the story is Jimmy Olsen's Big Week. Uh, each chapter takes place over a day in about eight days, uh, where uh, Chloe breaks up with him, and then he's trying to win her back. Okay while the metropolis is being invaded by aliens 
Uh, he ends up on a charity date with a Miss Mixtius Pedelec. Okay. From the fifth dimension who gives him Superman abilities and he becomes co-Superman because there's still Superman. <laughs> yeah. And that's good enough for him. And that's pretty much uh, no fight the, 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 the flavor of it. No fighting the devil, no becoming a ventriloquist dummy. No, uh, but he does <laughs> refer to uh, the time he was a genie. Okay. Yeah. Infiltrating a civilization of alien genies and the time he goes to the zoo and had his brain swapped into a gorilla. Yeah. So no, sure. no Mesh. turtle was it? No, the, no turtle it was like the iguana. <laughs> no, no elastic lead, yeah, none yeah. of that stuff. None, okay. none of that, but okay. it is definitely in that vein. It is in the spirit of those. That was like <laughs> one of the first times I read Jimmy where like the writer wrote him as like cool, where like everybody <laughs> thought he was, he was awesome because he had all these adventures. He which was is Superman's an interesting pal. take. He hangs out with Superman. Is it my turn? Yeah, probably. Uh, so my number three, it's a uh, Batman issue, no. of course. Oh, uh, no. it's, <laughs> it's Detective uh, number 826, uh-huh. which is from the Paul Dini run of books. Remember when Detective had like those weird black and white covers for like two years? Are they like no. the ones ones with the the architecture ones? Are those like the Anton First stuff? Like it was like so. it was like Leonard Kirk. And, was that what it is? He was the interior. Oh, the very stylized stuff. The really yeah, was just yeah, sort of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess you. it started like when when the one year later stuff. Anyway, yes. that's just the cover. That doesn't matter. One year later. Anyway, right. So this is so eight twenty six. To all those cover artists out there, it doesn't um, matter. <laughs> eight twenty six is Sleigh Ride. That's the one. Oh, yeah. That's the the Christmas Joker issue where one. he kidnaps Robin and Robin's tied up in the front seat, and Joker's just like like mowing people down and and uh, you know making Tim watch essentially. Okay. And uh, no, it's just a really really cool story. It's uh, okay. so it's Deanie writing, and I think Don Kramer. Is the art? I just read this last night, just to, okay. just to like refresh my memory. I think you're right about it, but you no, know, it's really good. I really like so Kramer's like rendition of the Joker. I thought was really cool because like he he drew like these really like vacant eyes, mm-hmm. like these really tiny pupils, right? Which I thought was really cool. But I'm, I mean, I'm a sucker for Christmas stories, mm-hmm. as you know, and I'm a sucker for Dini. I'm a sucker for Batman. So of course, something like this was going to be on it, but. When you say vacant eyes, is it like is it like a Kelly Jones vacant eye Joker, like really vacant eyed, or like it's just like they just made him look so detached because like his, his the whites of his eyes were huge, okay, right, mm. and so I don't know, like it just made him look crazier. Okay. It's like a really really good. It's like one of my favorite close ups of the Joker panel. Where like so there there's a I don't should I spoil it? I don't know. I I guess we should just. Anything we talk about, we should just assume that there's going to be spoilers about it. So if you're, yeah, but so there's a part where like, where Tim is like, uh, uh, reaching into the car seat to like try and find something to cut the ropes in. Mm -hmm. And he finds like a Hot Wheels car because there's a, this is a car that Joker like killed the couple and it was like a family and they were like in the back seat. Merry Christmas. And then so like Tim like looks over and he sees the couple in there and then. You know, and somehow deduces, I forget that they had like kids or something like that. So uh, he's like reaching and he finds like a Hot Wheels car and he's like using the hood to like try and up. cut the ropes. And then there's a, a bit where like Joker, like Joker planted the car there to like instill like false hope. Mm-hmm. And he like, it's just this awesome, awesome close up. It's my second favorite Joker close up. My first one is from the actual first appearance of the Joker. Hmm. Remember that one where he's got like 
the makeup on mm-hmm. and his face isn't white, but he's holding the card. Oh, and it's creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's my number three. All right. Frank, yeah. I think it's Frank's turn. Yeah, it's my it's turn. It's Frank's turn. Um, no, we're not ranking them. No, we're no, not no, ranking no, just, them. This, yeah. is, this is one of it's just one of your three. Mm-hmm. So this is my second of my three. Uh, for me, we, it is Justice League of America number 200. Son of a bitch, that's mine. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, for me, it's, it was it was the it's got at the time it basically has all the Justice League members in it. I guess, that's, you know, again, it's one of those where they have all the original seven back together for the first time. Kind of versus the Satellite League members from that time. And each chapter is drawn individually by a different artist. So you have um, like the Flash versus Elongated Man chapters drawn by um, Carmine Infantino. Mm. And then uh, Jim Aparo does the Red Tornado Aquaman chapter. I'm trying to think who else. Brian Ballin does the um, Black Canary Green Arrow Batman chapter. Mm. So And then uh, Joe Kubert does Superman versus Hawkman. So basically you have this... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Was this Julie Schwartz? stuff at that time no no that, it's no, it's like past that yeah it's like the early 80s like 83 i think you're going super obscure with your picks no like, it's not, just, i mean, just knowing that I mean I'm, not, I'm not gonna read any of the ones that you have said the other thing already, about it so <laughs> i gotta ask follow-up questions comics <laughs> not yes thank you <laughs> batman's in it so you could read it as well as oh, yeah. so no the thing about it is that the fact that like well the other thing is it's a great per, uh george perez uh cover of everyone basically battling everyone so you got you know that's always cool but the thing about it is like you have, so you have like the, basically the story is, is that the original seven are, are being corrupted by the original um, meteor, meteorites that brought them together back in the Brave the Bold 28. Ah. Okay. As a result, they're trying to bring them all together so that the, the, uh, what they can finally finish the mission they were supposed to start with Justice League originally meant to stop them. It goes all the way back to the, their beginnings. Hmm. Okay. And then, and then, but you don't realize, again, I guess we're spoiling stuff. So you don't, they don't realize until the rest of the, the Satellite League puts it together and then it's everyone versus the the meteorite villains, I guess. And the other thing about it, I mean, in a sentimental reason, is one of those things where I remember, I think it was a Valentine's Day, like that, my mom doesn't know very much about it. I mean, she knows Batman Superman, but like all the stuff that most moms know, but she didn't know at the time anything about comics other than the fact that I like them. So the other reason why it's one of my favorites is the fact that it's a great issue, it's awesome. And on top of the fact that she just got it for me like a Valentine's Day gift, and like threw it with some other, bunch of other stuff. That's, that's one nice. of the other reasons why I like it so oh, much. sentimental. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also a terrific issue, so. And you, Tommy. Tommy. Okay. Oh, well. should we come back to? You? No, no. I Pass. Do, no, Pass. I do have one in okay, mind. He's ready. <laughs> I do have one in mind, but I can't really discuss it in earnest because of what it encompasses. Uh, it's a recent issue. Oh. Okay. Um, and it drug me back into comics because I was casual. I did mostly um indie stuff, nothing of the big two, but House of X, two. Brought me back to see how things change within the X-Men world. Now, if you're listening to this right now, I'm sure it's hit mainstream or a trade has come out or whatever the case may be. But it brought to my attention something that missed in the X-Men universe in which it answered as to why I didn't collect for such a long time. Um, I won't spoil it by saying what it is. I'll just talk about how or why I picked up and why it appealed to me in such a grand fashion. It's just that um, the current writer who has has a take on it that I, I didn't conceive of. And that's basically why I like comics. If it's a storyline or some tangent or some pathway that it shows you, given the same characters, same um, people, it shows you in such an interesting take that it compares you to find out how the story ends, 
even if it's stories going shitty or <laughs> missteps. But um, I won't because I think you you both uh, both Zach and um, Clifton haven't read it yet, correct? No, okay. I mean you can no. you can yeah, go, go for into it. it. It's sure? It, it's yeah. huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's you, huge. Let's just put a put a pin mm-hmm. in that okay. one for now. Have you guys ever read X Men books? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but okay. Not all right. A long time all right. Here's for me. okay. So there's I'll this book this. called The X Men. <laughs> <laughs> the Children of the Atom. Children of the Atom. Okay. The reason why Mutants I stopped reading feared and hated <laughs> because it never grew up with the fans. It felt like they're just rehashing stuff that you already read. It didn't matter who the villain was or who the hero was. It felt rehashed. Everything is a love letter to to Claremont Claremont. Burn. Every fucking time. This, it is. And at the same time, it's not. It's probably the first mature take on the characters while having a sense of love to what was produced. And it doesn't stop with Claremont. It adds to, I would argue to say, the last 20 years of what's been produced to the X-Men. Is this the most recent one yep. that's yep. come out? So yep. how yep. long is he supposed to be on these books? He's supposed to be one more book of Powers of Ten, which concludes the the revamp. Mm. And then he takes on New Mutants and um, I forget what's the other book. I think he's just doing the main X-Men book and New Mutants. Yeah, he's co-writing New Mutants okay. and he's writing X-Men, I think, by himself. Yeah, but they're, re- they're basically reintroducing the X-Men. Um, it, uh, everything's number one as usual, blah, 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 blah. But it it explains why everything's who's number his one. Team? Like in, in, in his X Men, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the images are team? out there. His X Men book is basically going to be it's the Summer's Family. I okay. mean, like With how Jean extended, yeah. <laughs> like All to other mean. realities. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good, good question. question. Yeah. No, I mean Cyclops and Corsair, Havoc. Cor- wait, Corsair yes. is yes. on the team. Yes, yes, yes. And what's his name? Good from Shire. Vulcan. Vulcan's on a team. <laughs> and then you've got Gene and Wolverine. Yeah. Which one's Vulcan? Was he, Vulcan's the, was he the third Summer's thing? Vulcan, yeah. 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 Vulcan's yeah. the one that, that was the okay. Deadly Genesis where he's introduced. Oh, yeah. Said Brubaker. Yeah, yes. that's who it was. We were talking about the other night, Tommy and I, and I couldn't remember who wrote it. But yeah. it, t- it definitely ties into what's going on. Okay. In, if, I mean, wow. that was yeah. definitely a love letter to Claire. Yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> Absolutely. Big time. But what makes it interesting is you want to see what, what how they're going to proceed with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not guaranteed that those issues are going to be great. But the lead up is something worth reading if you've ever taken notice of the X-Men. Yes. Because I, I, the thing I realized is the stories never grew up. I mean, yeah. it was just a new take on the same formula that we've always come to see. And with issue two, it opens up an interesting idea that should have been focused a long time ago. Or at least it just, okay. I, you, there's I'm no intrigued. way. Yeah, I mean, I want I wanted to pick it up anyway, just because it was. I'm not even saying finish. It was. Uh, oh God, why am I blanking on his name? Hickman. 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 There John we go. Yeah. Who's, yeah. the, who's the artist on it? Uh, that's a good question. Let's look that up. Yeah, it's good art though. The art's yeah, really it's good. Good. and it's get, consistent. So, how did you guys get into X Men? Because my my story's a little different. Because I got into it because of the cartoon. That's not bad. No, like, no. Right. So, like, I never read an X Men comic until after I watched. Oh really? The ninety like, like the nineties stuff from from the first season and everything so that like um, i got an x-men that way 
I got into it from a cartoon, but a different cartoon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got into it from their two X-Men appearances in Spider-Man and his oh, amazing yes. friends. Same I thought you were going to say Pride of the X-Men. Yeah, Pride no. of the X-Men yeah, is no. excellent. I love yeah. Pride of the X-Men. Pride of the X-Men is great, actually. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but X, yeah. X-Men. Spider-Man is amazing friends. Amazing friends. Oh, my God. Which is like Marvel team-up in an mm-hmm. animated form. Yes. There's always Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. And, that was great. And Iceman and Firestorm Fire Storm. for the show. But then they also would always have like other guests like Iceman and Firestar where their origin was that Iceman's in the comic Mm -hmm. uh, was that he was an X-Men and that's what they made Firestar's origin origin as Mm -hmm. well. That she was a mutant that had been in the X-Men with Iceman before uh, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends Mm -hmm. started. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple episodes where they went back to sort of like reunion type things. They went back to the mansion and. Those are my introductions. Same One man. of them had Juggernaut yeah, as a villain. Yeah, that was so good. One of them was uh, a Danger Room oh, episode yeah, where right. Villain like had taken half, over yeah, half cyborg, the mansion half man. and they had to fight their way through the Danger Room to get to who had taken over the mansion where they were you know, controlling everything in the mansion against them. And those are my favorite episodes when I was a kid. And then when I saw X-Men comics on the stand at 7-Eleven, when there were comics mm-hmm. on the stand at 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. uh, I started picking them up there. Yeah. Okay. For me, it was, I, you know, I had random appearances here and there with the original team, like reprints. I had read some of those, like first appearance of like, uh, like I think it's it reprinted like X-Men number four, where it's first time of first brother of the mutants, I think. Oh, the Kirby stuff. Like way, yeah, yeah, okay, way, way, yeah, way back. Yeah. Like I had a couple of those. Okay. But the newer, like the, the, the newer team, the all new, all different team, I spent, <laughs> we had gone on a family trip and we were, it was at my cousin's house. My cousins were about, you know, four or five years older than I was. And they had, the, the comics I read this summer was they had the comp- complete run of Claremont and Byrne stuff all the way through where Cyclops leaves. That issue right after the Dark Phoenix stuff. All of the Great Darkness Saga mm. and I love that book. all of the Teen Titans up through Judas Contract. I read those in a summer. Oh, wow. That's so a good summer. that's a pretty good that's summer. Really good I mean, summer, as comics actually, go, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty great summer. So yeah. it's one of the things where that's where I got into those characters. And the first new X Men, like the all new different or uncanny X Men, I picked up off the um, off the rack at Seven Eleven was one thirty nine, where it's like right, the Wendigo issues, right when mm. Kitty Pride officially joins the X Men. Part of okay. Phoenix Saga. Right no, right after, right after, right after Cyclops. The the, the classic because right, he doesn't really join them. You're right. Right. The classic cover, you know, Cyclops is walking away from the rest of the team, and then it was recaps all of X Men history up to that point, and then. The next issue is when, like, uh, Kitty Pride hoping to survive the experience, blah, 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 joining the X-Men. Okay. And then I collected yeah. them through, like, for years. So. Okay, so, yeah, but you guys, like, well, I mean, Clifton fell into it with, because of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Same here, really. Different cartoon. But, right. Yeah, I mean, mine was, so I, I, I was into the cartoon, and then my cousin, who's a year older than me, I don't know how he was into X-Men, the comics at that time. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how, like, how he found it, but... He had, I remember, a guidebook that was, like, the ultimate, like, mm-hmm. guide to the X-Men. And so, like, after the cartoon came out, and at that point, like, I had played the arcade game, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, like, the one that's based on the X-Men. The based on Pride of the X-Men, right. But I thought, like, Colossus's power was that he yelled. You know what I mean? Like, I thought Wolverine threw, like, lasers out of his claws or whatever. But, so, he... so. He gave, I was sleeping over at his house and he gave me the book and he was like, no, no, no like this is, this is like everybody's right. like bios and stuff like that. Okay. And I remember like the weirdest part about that, even as a kid was like thumbing through it and like Cyclops would have like a paragraph and like Rogue would have a paragraph mm-hmm. and Gene would have a paragraph only. Mm-hmm. And then 
every character that was mysterious. It was like Wolverine. Not a, like first sentence is like not a whole lot is known about the mutant known as Wolverine. It was like a page and a half, right? About like all of this guy's history. <laughs> and Magneto was the same way, and then like that was always the, and like Gambit. Yeah, too, which man, I, I, to this day, I love Gambit still because of that. Like I just admit it now. There's always stop there's fighting. Al- I stopped fighting it. Now. There's I always pretended. one. There's always yeah. One. I pretended for a while. Yeah, but yeah, no. But I stopped in the '90s, like around Age of Apocalypse. Okay, when that, when that like when it, when it was abundantly clear, even like at eleven, that all of these books that there was going to be like there was this huge crossover event thing, and there mm-hmm. was going to be you know a ton of my allowance so i stopped reading x-men then and i really you know the exception of here and there like morrison's run mm-hmm. i picked up and uh, x-men's good and when colin bunn was on magneto a couple of years ago i was into that like i really got into his run but so like this hickman run is the first time in a long time i've been excited to read an x-men you should be it's, yeah it's really it surprised I mean, a lot of people yeah it's it's one of those when he when he says and he was saying in interviews before he came out that it was issue two the one that, that Tommy was talking about the fact that it's the single most important moment in the X Men history he's not joking yeah he's not it's huge like it's a huge moment that's why we're not trying to spoil it for you yeah. because when you come across I'm, it you're I'm like, shocked hmm. though that like that I haven't had heard a glimpse of this by that's now. even like, I mean like, no no I'm surprised too it I'm surprised too oh yeah because oh, yeah. I mean we used to talk about this Frank like. Uh, around the Morrison stuff where it was like any time you changed anything about the X-Men, mm-hmm. like people went crazy. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, but there's, a, but that's the thing of, there's one of the things that he plays off of in, well, a lot of the events, but one of the big events in Morrison's new X-Men is one thing that keeps coming back up in, in the direction that's in uh, this house of X and powers of X that happens. And that, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Okay. So there's only the huge that happens in that is basically, it's almost, I wouldn't say it's a catalyst, but it's it's up there, right? Mm-hmm. As to one of the reasons why there's this big shift yeah. in the thought. So we'll leave it at that. All right. Yeah. Now we're intrigued. Okay. All right. We'll read that. We'll have a discussion. We'll have a group I'll discussion about that. Yes. Okay. There's some good stuff on the it. shelf now. Like, there there's, is. A, there's actually like, like Bendis' Legion superhero stuff I want to check out too, actually. That's so, about, that's coming out, uh, what? Next month, isn't it? Yeah, it's fairly soon. Yeah, or a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay, Clifton. All right. I'm taking us into obscure territory. Woo-hoo! Okay. With. Does it involve the F word? No. Okay. <laughs> no. It is Marvel Boy number three. Okay. <laughs> okay. What year? Came out in October of 2000s. Okay. Or at least that's He's not talking about from the 50s, right? Not the 50s. <laughs> yeah, no. of Astro. No, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. stuff that came out. No. That- <laughs> see? See? <laughs> this is how obscure it is. It's Grant Morrison and JG Jones. Yes. Ran for six issues in the year 2000. Uh, the date issue. Uh, <laughs> number three is dated October. That was the cover date. Right. Okay. Probably came out a few months earlier. Okay. Name of the chapter is Digital Concentration Camp X1. Nice. Has anybody here read Marvel Boy? I have. Okay, so Frank is the <laughs> yeah. only one who is familiar yeah, it. with Frank's this version of, of Marvel Boy. So Novar hmm. is a young Kree warrior from another dimension who comes to Earth through a portal, crash lands on Earth. Most of the crew dies, if I remember right. Okay, so yes. So he's the only one left. And basically tries to carry out his mission still, mm-hmm. which is to the Cree mission of 
conquering worlds. Yeah. Saving the worlds in their way. Okay. By controlling them. The Cree way. The Cree way. <laughs> and so it's six issues and he interacts with S.H.I.E.L.D., which in this book the director of shield is dum dum dugan yeah if i remember correctly really? he's the one in charge at that point yeah, yeah they okay. were never clear on if the dimension that he ended up on was, was 616 okay they teased for a while that it was the first ultimate book ever without being called ultimate okay i uh, and i'm not sure if they i mean he did that later because novar has shown up yeah he eventually in, is in in, in in regular continuity books in 616 was he like in ben, he's like in Benis, like one of Benis's avengers books at one yeah point, he I teams thought. up with the young heroes and in, that's the other one yeah like a young avengers crossover type thing but uh, sorry to interrupt you but i mean if he could possibly still appear in our universe right that's what i okay. when he showed up later i just can't remember how he got here if, like okay. he jumped dimensions again because he does jump dimensions or oh, that's just our or this is where he had been the whole time ah, i cannot remember okay. that the other thing about that i was going to say is that in um jason aaron's thor run with dotterman right. ubalet shows up when yes yeah, she's also in uh original sin oh, okay she plays a big role in jason aaron's original sin oh, okay yeah that's right she does you're right and you're she was right. a villain that first appeared in the Marvel Boy stuff. So if he crossed over others, to just, uh, yeah. so they do come back. Does she also go by Exterminatrix? Is that yeah. her name as well? Yeah. She's the daughter of Midas, who is the villain of this book. And is I can't remember if... Dr. Midas? Yes, I yeah. believe so. But yeah, I just remember them calling him Midas. Anyway, it's obscure territory. Yeah. But in this <laughs> issue, in issue number three, what has happened is that in their dimensional ship, the Kree had collected villains, specimens, things in their travels through the dimension and one of them gets out and it is something called hexus the living corporation which is an idea like they describe okay. it as an idea that it's like a living idea that basically infects somebody and attempts to take over the world by creating a company and selling products okay to hire more people so it's enslaving the planet by making employees. Yes. Okay. And going against the other corporations. It's a very Grant Morrison idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. He now has somebody fighting a corporation. Yeah. One person trying to take down an entire corporation that is basically a parasitic, like a planet scaled parasite. Like Disney. Yeah, so they describe it like when he's on the like when he first is on the trail for it, he finds like a small office where it started, okay. but there's nobody there anymore because it shed its skin, uh, so to speak, and grew out of its small office space to a larger office building. building. Okay, and that's uh, fun. Uh, so it's basically got an infinite supply of of soldiers in the form of employees. He eventually wow. tracks down CEOs. And kills one, and it just promotes somebody else <laughs> to be the CEO. <laughs> so it's a very Morrison idea, but it's all contained in 22 pages. This entire concept, wow. it's a one and done. Mm -hmm. Just he's taking on this one villain that escaped from his ship, and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that does sound cool. That is that's cool. super obscure, yeah. though. <laughs> really obscure. J.G. Okay. Jones on art. Yes. Good stuff. It's nothing else to be, yeah. No, yeah, it's it good. It looks, it looks good. Is that his early work or is something that he did on the side? It's fairly early. Yeah, One, okay. it probably was only a couple years after, right? Okay. Uh, you you have right? the cover? It's around. Right? Uh, I do not have the cover. Okay. But it is available on Comicsology. Uh, Comicsology mm -hmm. And it's been collected in trade paperback and I believe hardcover. Yeah. What's it called okay. again? Uh, Marvel Boy number three. 
Okay. Okay. So my number two is uh, I'm going to butcher the title of this. So it is uh, Green Lantern Secret Files and Origin 2005. Ooh. I am I am shocked that it is a uh, yeah. It's a it's a Jeff Johns issue, <laughs> which uh, you know at that time like I was I was really into Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah but, everyone was. <laughs> but this is so this is notable because it's it is that. it's mm. Darwin on mm. Darwin Cook on art. Nah. Um, yeah. Which uh, we're all huge Darwin Cook fans. Yeah, all right, uh, man. Yeah. We'll do we'll do some kind of spotlight episode on him, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, if this conversation doesn't turn into one, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, so this issue is uh, God. This is hard for, for like for me to put in the words because it's like it's a small story. It's really really small. And I think that there is actually like a like a backup in there that I've never read. I just read like the <laughs> Darwin story, and then that was it. Like, I, I, wow! So, so, it's so good. So I don't other, need to read the rest the of the other issue. Half of the issue, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it. Um, so anyway, but so I'll 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 queue up the beginning, and then you know if you're interested, you can read the rest of it because Maybe it is, it is a really really good story. Story. Um, it's like this my, is like this buying was, a record for one song. This was yeah. traded. <laughs> In um, check four is all this is traded in the Green Lantern trade called No Fear, but it's also on the DC Universe app. Okay, um, which is where I read it last night. Also, uh, and so it was my first one. Detective Eight Twenty Six is also on the DC Universe app. Anyway, so okay, so this story is takes place after Rebirth when Hal has come back, and uh, his story opens and he's like flying with Kyle, like Kyle is is tailing him somewhere, like Hal's leading him someplace. And basically Hal is his thought boxes are all like, you know, Kyle's like this really good kid and everything. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for him, there would be no Green Lantern Corps. Like this Mm -hmm. guy, you know, kind of, kind of held it up when everybody, you know, when there was no core and stuff like that. So he's the whole time like, where are we going? And he's like, just, you know, just calm down. I'm going to take you, you know, just, just relax. I'm going to take you someplace. It's going to be cool. You're going to like it. And then, so it flashes back to Hal when he's a kid. And it's his mom telling, like, like not scolding, but like you're late again for school. Like I keep getting all these calls, like you're 15 minutes late for school every time, and the bus stop is right around the corner. Like, how are you doing this? And he's like, I just, I, I, I like walking the school, right? And she's like, okay, well, I want you to take the bus this time, and you know, go meet your brothers. The bus is going to be here in a minute. So he walks out, and as she sees him run past the bus and go off and she's like oh like you know he's so much like his father and all that and then so you find out what he's been doing is he's been sneaking over to the airfield where his dad flies and he like jumps the fence and he just like watches his dad who's like flying the first 15 minutes of school and so he's like watching that and he's eating his lunch and he's cheering and all that stuff and everything and then he goes off to school and then the scene after that is his mom talking to Hal's dad and she's like I don't want him growing up like this, like, you know, like this stuff is dangerous. This is cool when we were, you know, young and single and all this stuff. And everybody, but now we have kids. We can't really do this. And Hal overhears this and he's like, but mom, I want to fly. Right. And then in that moment, like she forbids him from ever doing this. So she starts driving him to school and he's like, you know, his thought box is like, I cried myself to sleep the first four nights and all that other stuff. And then so this is this is why I love this issue. And then so he's asleep one night. And his dad comes in and, you know, it's like, Hal, wake up, wake up, you know? And he's like, just get your coat, come with me, right? And then they go to the airfield and they bribe the uh, guard to let them in. And then 
And then yeah. Hal's dad just takes him up in his plane. <laughs> and it's like their secret between them. And it's like, I just, I, I love, 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 love that story. And then that's not the end of the issue. There's more, but I won't say the rest of it. It's a fantastic <laughs> issue. And what I like about it, it's weird. This is a weird parallel, but like, it reminds me a lot of like my favorite Boy Meets World episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where it's oh, like the God. sentiment is the same thing. Where, <laughs> where um, no one is surprised. Yeah. No, <laughs> no right. one here. Boy Meets man. World is a great show. Yeah, we know. Great From show. your perspective, yeah. yes, yeah. we know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's that's my uh, my number two, but we're not ranking these. So right. it's just the second one I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> All right, so my mind, my my third. Yeah, one? Frank, yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those you asked if I had a list of other, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, I had a fair amount of books that I was like, well, you know, but I found that they were kind of all around the same theme of why Superman's so great, you know. And I thought, well, I could have chose an actual Superman issue, or I could have chose an Action Comics issue, but my third is going to be Hitman Thirty Four, okay, which is of the I Sing, which is the issue where. It starts out with Tommy on a roof and he's about to, you know, not to spoil the ending, but he's about to do stuff that he does anyway. And he bumps into Superman of all things, of all people, I should say, on this roof. And basically, it's the one moment where Superman's had a bad day, which, you know, I, we, you know, sometimes we see that as him being Clark Kent having a bad day or, you know, having to put up with stuff in order to pretend that he's not Superman. But it's very rare that we see Superman have a bad day, right? But it's one of those moments where Tommy actually has a chance to, you know, to talk Superman into the reason why, or tell him the reason why. Yeah, you had a bad day, something horrible happened, but you're Superman. And it's one of those things where DC at that point hadn't really gotten into the point of like, hey, we like Superman, but we don't like Superman to be Superman. We want him to be something else. You know, it's right before New 52. It's right before Man of Steel. And it seemed like if you're really into Superman or you really like Superman, this was one of the last times, right? This and maybe Action 775 is another one where they say, hey, Superman's cool and timeless and the stuff that he stands for is perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And then DC sort of took a turn where they're like, eh, well, we like Superman, but it's not quite, you know, the way yeah. it's always been. There's a lot of that at that point, too. I remember, like, because we, we talked about uh, Shazam. Mm-hmm. And how it was like like the same week that the new fifty two like rebranded Shazam. Oh, you mean and like we, the- and, we, and we were like we were like and, and and it was different. It was it was like it was like five kids. Yeah, that, yeah. Are you talking, that, that, are you talking it, about the Young Justice moment? Yeah, Billy it's, the, it's the same week that Young Justice did misplaced, which was their Captain Marvel episode, mm-hmm. and we were like, what is going like like yeah. this episode just is everything you love about the character. It proves there's nothing wrong with it. It's got one of my favorite ca- and, <laughs> favorite <laughs> Captain Marvel lines is I don't need the wisdom of Solomon. I've got the wisdom of Billy Batson. Yeah, so I've got, you know, great. yeah, it's awesome. It's a fucking great episode. Thank you. But it's one of those um, things where, um, not to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Good. I mean, it's, it's that like action 775 Hitman 34. And then there's also, I don't know if anyone else has read it, but the Superman Gen 13 miniseries by Adam. Yeah. Hughes. That's good yeah. Too. Which again, yeah, you got me that for Christmas. Actually. Yeah, it's, well, it's, no, it's, it's also really good. Well, yeah. you know, have you, Cliff, have you ever read? I've not read that one. It's, it's, good. it's yeah. a Gen 13 kids going there. Mm-hmm. Fairchild is really excited to go to Metropolis because yeah. he's kind of like really into the Superman. Mm-hmm. And the other kids think Superman's stupid, stupid. and outdated. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, basically, the, after the, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a yeah. lighthearted story. It's not real heavy. But by the end, you know, again, it's a celebration of why Superman's so great. Yeah. So. You said Action 775, too. That was, on, that was on my list. But it's on my I list. Like, it was on my yeah. list, for sure. But it was one of those things where I was like, no, nah, I mean, 
I love it. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great one. But to me, you know, Hitman Thirty Four. I, you know, I, I've. I, it's one of those. I if it's in a dollar box, if I see it, I always snatch it up. Because right. one of the things I give to people, I'm like, no, this is great. Even though Hitman's a great series on its own. It was that late, like right around U fifty two. No, no, still going on. No. no, 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 no. I'm no. just saying. I'm just saying. Right after that, you was when you oh. get to like right, like you get. I'm not saying right after because obviously that would imply it's like a year or two later. But I'm saying as as things go, you start yeah. to go towards new 52 and let's sometimes there's nothing like a good superman story though, yeah i'm telling you like absolutely I mean, like batman is unquestionably like my favorite character but mm-hmm. there are some days like it's superman it yeah. absolutely is like yeah and yeah it's nice when you get those stories that like no here's like the character's not broken he's not old-fashioned no and the thing like i get into arguments with people about it that that are like that fall into that. We're like, you know, super like, I'm not into the boy scout thing. I'm not into the, and the thing that I'm like, that I always throw at them. I'm like, you're like Captain America, right? Right. It's the same thing. Sure. You oh, know? Of course. It's like, like they're, they're so similar. Well, my, my, my thing, whenever I hear the, boy, whenever I heard the boy scout term applied to Superman, I'm like, well, Batman's the one with all the merit, merit badges and, and can tie knots and right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a Swiss That's army, true. as a Swiss army belt that does all these things. Yeah. But, like, I'm always lost on why it's so acceptable for Cap. And I don't know if it, like, like, I have two theories. Uh, one, I, one, one I think. He's not seen this. One, anymore. I think it's no. because he's from the 40s, literally. And but, I think yeah. that people just kind of take it's it as, man out of time. as, like, okay, mm. like, it's justifiable that he's right. like that. But I think a lot of it's the movies, too. I think. Oh, yeah. I think the difference no, is, I think is so. like, the, the difference when I look at the Captain, Captain America movies. In any of the Superman movies, mm-hmm. it's with the exception of Man of Steel. But Man of Steel, I like, like I'll I'll argue anybody that Man of Steel is not a great Superman story no, at all. Not. Like I think it's terrible. But, yeah. but anyways, the difference the difference to Snyder. me is that Captain America gets to punch people. <laughs> you know, well, like, Captain you know, America I, beats I see, people up sure. and, and 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 gets to be kind of a badass. And Superman in the movies so often is like like I'm lifting a boat. <laughs> and I'm lifting a train, and that's right. like, and, and, I'm gonna land this plane in the middle of the ball field. Well, yeah, to me, it's just the take on Superman. Um, it almost suffers from what I said about the X Men. It wasn't until Winter Soldier that people felt the same way about Cap. Oh no, Ultimates actually. Yeah, when they yeah, did Ultimates, yeah, Ultimates. when yeah. they put a gun in his hand and made him yeah. feel like it was from the fifties, everything changed from Cap from that point yeah. forward. No, you're right. Um, I don't think you get. Brubaker's cap without ultimates. Yes, you yeah. don't. I really no, don't. you don't. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, but ultimately, it matured the character. Yeah, and as of it, that's yeah, no, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> right. But um, with Superman, they don't get it. I don't think they accept. If he's from the fifties, he's still going to be uh, all about punishment, but mm-hmm. not in a finality sense of the of the term. I don't think they quite capture what makes the character great. At least why the people who love him see him as that way. And I think by them trying to find a new voice for him, they keep creating missteps in which yeah. you see it in the movies. They keep trying to find a new voice from, or, or at least they fall back into a campy way of telling it in which it doesn't really describe how the character is beloved by the people who still feel the character as the pinnacle of all superheroes. Yeah, like, you know, he's, there's nothing wrong with heroes being optimistic. No, I not think. at all. Like you know, and, yeah, but in and, this day and age, so. and he can put. I mean, put, and he can have a darkness too. Like, like I think it makes those stories hit harder. Like when I think to like the animated series, like Apocalypse Now, and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like Apocalypse Now, like strikes a chord so much because he is bright. 
the rest of the sure. time. And, I, and, and I don't mean uninteresting when I say bright. He's just, but like he believes in the good in people. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and there's, there's a beauty to that, that I, that I like that. I don't think that you should just wish away. And I'm happy that it's, that we have somebody on the books now that I think embraces that. And I think understands that very, like, I think the character's in really good hands with, it's a, with it's a, I mean, I, I'm a couple issues behind, but it's a much more optimistic. It's a much more, Hey, I'm trying to do the right thing. Cause it's the right thing to do type yeah. Superman. And that's good. That's yeah. what, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's plenty of like, like edgy heroes out there. Like don't make Superman edgy for me. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'll, there's, there's hundreds. I'll read Moon Knight if I want. <laughs> you know, sure. like, yeah, you know, absolutely. You got to get ready for the Disney Plus show. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Well, I ain't got nothing. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My mind is so flipping blank because I was thinking about stuff, but it turned into a limited series. Like I, I, that's fine. Go with it. Whatever. No, because it's, no, because it's dumb. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and no, but no, but the reason why I was singling out certain ones. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, gonna, I was, yeah, I, I was gonna say I've got one for you. Go ahead. I know that. I mean, this won't mean anything to either one of you. It's and it's obscure, kind of. That angel one shot, the, the one, where, one the one where he basically you find out that yeah, you got your soul back, but oh no, that's <laughs> nice. No, that's nice, but it's on a whole nother level. Yeah, I do. No, you're right. I do love that, and it's the twist of, but they never. It never goes away. It's almost like a, a great pilot that never got turned into a show. So it's okay. kind of like bittersweet. Right. It, it doesn't give happy thoughts. It's more like, F you. F, <laughs> this could have been something. This could have been something, but yeah. you just sat on it like it was nothing. So no. Basically, the, the premise is the fact that Angel, the character from the, the spinoff from the Buffy show, basically at one point finds out that, you know, he, he has this whole idea that when he lost his soul becoming a vampire, that he got his soul back and that's what made him, you know, basically flip and be a better person from that point on. And then someone comes along and says, well, yeah, you got a soul back. That doesn't mean it was your soul. Yeah. So essentially. Oh, okay. so oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea yeah. being is like, yeah. whoops. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you may but be yeah. doing, you may be being a better person, but that doesn't mean right. it's you're you. You're still stealing person. from someone. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You're still yeah. a jerk that's at yeah. heart. Yeah. It's start, yeah, exactly. At heart, okay. you're still, you know, a terrible person, even though you may have gotten a soul back. I also thought about the, um, the one special issue in The Wise of the Last Man, mm. about describing it. Is almost a spoiler for some people because to me yeah. it was what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I just liked it because it just it changed the story to something else that you didn't see coming, mm-hmm. and then it makes you reevaluate the right. story as a How whole. How far in was that? That's damn near like the um, the final. The yeah. Okay. The yeah, final I'm act. Not that far. I, I, yeah, I read the first three. Oh, no, you man, no, it's good. Collections, the first three first collections. Three yeah, yeah. First yeah, three oh, no. collections. First three pages. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the fifth collection, if not the fourth. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's it, pretty. How many in there? collections yeah. were there? Eight or ten? I want to say ten. Was it, it was that somewhere many? up there? Yeah, it's eight or ten. Oh, because I read an issue, so I don't even know how yeah. to collect it. It's like seventy issues. It yeah, is, it is rock solid though. Oh, I remember. No. I remember thinking. When Walking Dead was like the, the, the show, when yeah. Walking Dead was going super strong, I remember thinking to follow up on this, like, you got to do Why the Last Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like, I, that's, I mean, I think it's so, it, it's that post apocalyptic thing. Yes. And I think it flexes kind of the same like superficial muscles as like why is mm-hmm. Walking oh, Dead, Walking. but it, go, it takes it in a completely different direction. Yes. Like, I don't know. I really would have followed. I wish I was in an executive's room for there. Be like, read this, read this. Oh, this no, is what you want to do. But yeah, but it's it's going through the third um, network. 
development. Well, yeah, uh, third yeah. showrunner. Well, well, second network, third showrunner. Oh, no, no. Everybody loves the concept it's, of it, but yeah. it never comes to fruition. It's still, yeah. it's still alive. Yeah. There's, yeah. There, Brian Vaughn claims it's coming out next year. Yes. Yeah, but he's been saying that for, for 15 years? Well, no. Well, like, yeah, but it's like, been, like, they're like, really in a writing room. Uh, like, he's yeah. in writer's room with it. It's been optioned as movies a couple of times, which, I mean, thankfully, it wasn't made as a movie. No, no, it right. can't. It I will mean, never TV, be told well. TV is where it should live. Well, no, I would, sure. I would even always even say that it could even do the Harry Potter thing because it, it doesn't have to be one movie. No, it doesn't. Because hell, the Maze Runner got made. Shit. They barely eked out Maze Runner, and I have yeah. seen all of them. Yeah, ah, <laughs> but they see? barely eked out that last one. Yeah. Yeah. It was also medium budget. So. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he like break his back filming that? Did he really? Some, some, some horrific oh. accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. Something terrible, but no, but uh, the third one's really good though. Yeah, is it really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I oh, wow, <laughs> that's one with Littlefinger and Giancarlo Esposito, right? Is it really? They're in that movie. Are they in that? I thought yeah, that I was. Is it those? Littlefinger's in like all of them, isn't he? No, what am I thinking? I'm thinking about Divergent or Tommy Carcetti, depending on what you right, right, shows right. you watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's on HBO. Well, it's not yeah. HBO, but it's it's not TV. We're gonna watch it when we're done. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that's gonna wrap the it Maze up. The Runner trilogy. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, The Wire. <laughs> Both work. Both yes, work. but that's what I got. Okay, Cliff, you go ahead. Then. All right. Can't. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to cheat again. How Fine. Are you cheating? Okay. <laughs> I'm cheating by going with oversized issues that stuff a lot that's, into one scene. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a single no, issue. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And this is from a whole series that did that, which was the solo series from DC. Ah, okay. In oh, 2004 nice. to what, 2006 or 7-ish. Like right around there, yeah. We'll say 6-ish. Do you remember Solo, Tommy? I do not remember. They would give one <laughs> issue, deluxe size, you guess about 80 pages probably, okay. probably, to a single creator to do whatever they wanted with that issue. So, what the hell uh, was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, God, no, they're terrific. Yeah. so good. It's an excellent yeah. series. I'm not doubting you. I'm just like, what the I'm hell? I'm so happy that you put, because this is on my list okay. too. And, and like, so, I'll so do, happy you're bringing like, it up. I know which one's on your list, so I'll do that a different one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a different yeah. one. Because yeah. yours is an alternate it on my list and so each issue they would basically give a spotlight to a creator and big names at the time okay. or, or some people they just had worked you know had done stuff with dc or vertigo okay. uh who were known and they would basically it was a spotlight like on that creator uh, a lot of the times it was a writer slash artist like someone who did you know all their own like writing did all their own art sometimes it was on an artist and they would bring in other people to write the chapters for them. And so okay. it would basically be like a series of shorts where they'd be just doing short stories, like 10 page things, whatever they wanted. Okay. However long they wanted, this this issue was full of them. Okay. And the issue I picked was number seven, which is done by Mike Allred. Ooh. Pretty that nice. was on my list, too. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm a big fan of Mike Allred. And on that issue, I mean, it's him and his wife, uh, Laura Allred oh. on Colors. Uh, who always works question. with him? Is this prior to uh, what was that static? Was it static when they worked together? Doesn't what's Extra, the, yeah, ecstatic? Yeah, ecstatic. Yeah, ecstatic. So it's yeah. after ecstatic. So, okay, okay. Ecstatics okay. is wrapped up. Okay. Uh, so I, I pulled up the Wikipedia thing. So it started October two thousand four, and, okay. and then it got canceled August two thousand six. Oh yes, yeah, so okay. I'm sorry. Great. So I mean. Um, if you're a fan of Mike Allred, you know is he's got a love of the Silver Age. Yes, he also tremendous. has a love of camp. And kitsch, like just fun, 
The oh, the first cover was okay. solicited with was I a, just showed time of the cover. Sorry, <laughs> was an illustration of Batman doing the Batusi dance okay. from the '66 Batman series. I believe they ran into a likeness issue, so they substituted it with a cover of uh, Donna Troy Wonder Girl from the 60s iteration of Teen <laughs> Titans doing the Bat Juicy dance. Okay. Uh, they did later clear the uh, Batman cover that looked a lot like the Adam West Batman. They okay. did clear that for a collection when it came out in hardcover as a deluxe edition later. This was, and this was like before Batman 66 yeah, had that mm, resurgence yeah, 60, too. Like, Batman like, 66 was still looked down upon yeah, in, yes. 2000, <laughs> yeah. in 2000. No one liked Batman 66 at that point. No one. <laughs> Luckily, everyone loves it again now. Yeah. Yes. Back then, it was, it was still taboo. <laughs> and uh, just some of the chapters and the stuff that he covered in this issue. Um, there's an hour with Hour Man, which <laughs> the premise was that Hour Man, who you know gets his power by taking a miracle pill and receiving superpowers for one hour, here thinks he hears a crime being committed, takes the pill, finds out there's no crime, he misheard something, and then just has an hour of superpowers to kill with nothing to do with them, <laughs> and has to figure out stuff to do to burn off his powers. That's funny. Yeah, it's a good one. No, it's not uh, even that. The funny part is it, it's a twist. It's like take a rag or pill. What should I do? Uh, there's also a Doom Patrol versus Teen Titans, which I feel like turns into a like teen dance party. It like does. Uh, yeah. like, uh, yeah. like uh, Annette Fonicello. Oh, wow. <laughs> I almost, wow. Right. Well, I almost wow. think that, that dance party is what... You remember when Darwin did uh, with it, like that month where he did all the covers for all the books? Oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And the band, where they're playing like the, the Teen, teen Titans in the band yeah, on like, the Titans beach with the, the headlights, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think I don't know if they explain. You know, Will was inspired by if was inspired by that. But every time I see it, I think of the the solo issue with Mike Allred. There's also the Batman a Go Go, which mm -hmm. has the like the swinging penthouse. <laughs> yeah. uh, Batman, um, Batwoman, and Batgirl. The '50s Batwoman and Batgirl are also in that issue. Yeah. Flamebird. Um, there's a there's a forager story, right? There's a bug uh, like the like his the name was forager. There's there's fourth world <laughs> wager. His okay. name was forager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's yeah. just a oh, fun God. issue. The art's fantastic. It's just a ton of fun packed into to one single issue. Mm -hmm. That one, um, you can find it, the issue if you can find it's it, in Universe long boxes. Not? Unfortunately, it's not on DC Universe. Of course not. They only have two issues of Solo currently on DC Universe or Comixology. And they're all devoted to Jeff Johns. And one is uh, Tim Sale. Which yeah. that was the first well, issue. Not, yeah, issue. Say, issue. Not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, none, none of them are shabby also, at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. Oh, a weird, a weird one too like because i i like tim sale stuff like, like again i'm looking at the wikipedia page for it but like that one's not a solo because like because well, he brings he in worked, writers he, he brings yeah, in jeff Loeb. he brings in Loeb. azarello's on it dharma cook does one and diana schultz does a story on that. No, but okay. he does all the too. art but like it's like mark chiarello chiarello is the editor in charge yeah of it. okay and then we've got what sergio did one there sergio, sergio's number 11 paul pope was number three. Oh yeah howard chaikin there's no collected four. on that there's there there's, is a collected there's two. Yeah. they came out as a deluxe hardcover where yeah. it's every single issue in one collection in one collection yeah. how many how many issues are in that collection 12 12, 12 oversized that's not bad. issue it's a thick book no yeah. it's a great no, book it is terrific yeah huh. Darwin Cook's number 5 that was the one that, and that's, that's, that, that I had on mine what's of the Batman course. story that he does you Darwin do. Cook oh right right so he he does a, a cover not like a comic cover but wow. like a song cover Oh. Uh, uh, I mean, of um, Night of the Stalker. That's it. That's uh, which is that. like from a from a 
detective mm-hmm. angle from the 70s. It's really, it's it's really, really good. Yeah, I love the Darwin Cook one. Yeah. I have no idea why this book was canceled. Yeah, I, the, I have no clue. The and, Darwin Cook issue is the other one that's available on Comixology um, or DC Universe Reading Library if you're a DC Universe I can understand not doing this as a monthly book because that's well, silly. But like, but I feel like the draw of this book is not the title. It's who's doing it. Sure, but so, I, I would have to say that probably the main reason it was canceled. What was, what was the price point on it? What did it cost? It was a pricier book. Yeah, I think okay. it was around five ninety nine okay. in 2004. There you go. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it, was, it was a boutique book. They, right. they were working to a smaller audience right so they apparently had other creators like in line Mm -hmm. for it so i'm reading again from the wikipedia page creators discussed as working on future ideas of solo before the series was canceled include brian bolland okay john cassidy (laughs) nice dave gibbons adam hughes Uh kevin mcguire okay uh jg jones are you kidding me kevin nolan Bill Max, Sienkiewicz, Max. Walt Simonson, <laughs> Brian Stillfreeze, oh, Bruce Tim, Matt Wagner. <laughs> I want all of these. But the question I want all of these right now. My question is, how many of them started something? Oh, I'm sure they, they did. Canceled? I'm sure there's some all star yeah. Batman, yeah. all star Batgirl, Batgirl pages yeah, that, yeah. Uses <laughs> that we'll never see. And that's all stuff that they could pick out. It was their choice and what they wanted to write. And yeah, do. I, yeah, I think yeah. so. Wow, think so. Yeah. dream. Yeah, they're cool. So like, they're they're cool like art pieces. I think too, because like that, why I like Darwin's. Even this isn't my one, but why I like Darwin's is that like he's got like a different art style for every single one of his chapters too. How does like, that, how does I that occur? I look think, at. It. I mean, I look yeah. at it. I look at it. I look at it. I think a lot of it's the inking. <laughs> um, solo tracing yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no god i'm so happy you brought up solo solo is so good it was. solo is terrific yeah. please bring it back uh okay my number one I, I feel like this is a little bit of a cop-out because this one like continues into another issue but this is like definitely like a standalone story so this is leonardo micro series number one okay from the old of Mirage. Um, yeah. So what I like about it, it's another Christmas issue. <laughs> How many? <times laughs> Weirdly, <laughs> but they've um, told this story like several times now. Yeah, and every time, it's like it's not quite as good as this book. First one, no, I it's think. Not. So it's not. So it's an interesting format for us all because each page is divided up into like three in, into quarters, mm-hmm. and so the first three quarters is this action sequence of Leonardo getting like ambushed by the Foot Clan, essentially, like on the rooftops while he's out like on a workout. And then the last quarter of the page is always the turtles in April's apartment, like doing like the where's Leo and kind of getting set for like Christmas dinner and stuff like that and everything. And so, yeah, this has been covered a lot. Yes. I the new Ninja Turtle series did yes. a take on this episode, and even the 2003 one did a take on this episode. And they even do a take on it in the first movie, but it's Raphael. Yeah, the first Natalie movie, they make it Raph. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, it, it, and it's the, so this is one that I read really young. I remember my brother, who was working at uh, the comic store at the time, uh, somebody brought a bunch of these in. And this was like the Michelangelo micro series, and the Donatello know. one, and the Leonardo one. And he was my favorite, so that was the first one I read. And it was the first time I read a book that like felt like an action movie. Hmm. Like, yeah. like, I, like it was, it, you know, like when, when Ramita would draw Spider-Man and, and you would like track his movements across mm-hmm. the rooftops in like a single panel, you know yep. what I mean? Yeah, nice so, I did it. 
the sensation you have like looking at one of those panels is the sensation I had reading that whole book. Isn't like I'm okay. like I'm like I can see the drawing moving almost. Isn't it ironic that you said that? Because isn't that the style that they tried to mimic when they did Daredevil? Because it's a, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you they mean? Were, well, basically, the, the story behind Turtles is it was a uh, uh, what? It was a spoof on. Oh, Dead, oh yeah, Frank, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I thought you were talking about the Spider-Man thing. Oh no, no, right? not okay. at all. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean Frank Miller's um, Daredevil. Daredevil yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what that's that's what I'm saying because it's reminiscent of that style. Yeah, but so, but not to cut you off, but that particular like movement thing, I honestly would say you can probably trace all the way back to Ditko. Like Ditko, really? I think might be the first person or wow. first artist. I, I, if I remember correctly, there's early work of him doing showing Spider-Man go in one panel. Going from basically going from place to place and then coming out at the person or coming out at you. Okay. Hmm. So All it's, right. Oops. No, it's okay. I mean, it's, <laughs> no, 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 but, no, but right? it's, yeah. I, I'm pretty but sure. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, so, I mean, this issue, I mean, it's traded in a couple of places. I have a super old trade of the first 11 issues of Ninja Turtles that had these. My, like each turtle had their micro series, which was like a one shot. I don't know why they called it micro series, but they all had like a one shot. It was like intermingled with the first 11 issues. So I had like a big thick trade of it that I got years and years and years ago. I think that's out of print, but I mm. think um, now that Nickelodeon owns it, I don't know that I think that they've done color reprints mm. of the old Mirage stuff. I'm not sure. I, I mean, that stuff may be out of print too, but it's out there. It's out there somewhere. It's terrific. It is absolutely terrific. I love it. Very cool. So, okay. I can't really find any um, other than their Christmas stories. Oh, <laughs> I can't really find a whole lot of coherence, though, about what I was trying to think, like, what makes a really good single issue thing. And I don't really see a lot of congruency uh, other than, you know, it's a one and done. It's a self-contained right. thing, which yeah. is, you know, like you read new stuff and you kind of forget like the pacing is so different. I remember I checked out at the library like an old, it might have been like the Norm Brayfogle like Batman mm. collection or something like that. And there was right. something, or, or, and there was like a Max Al- Allen Collins book <laughs> right. in there. And I was stunned at how much story they told in 22 pages. You mean like, like was it was like a filling issue or he was right of her like. Yeah, it's just, it's just this weird, like if he finds like a body in a dumpster and, and you know, he's solves this mystery in 22 pages. And, and I remember thinking like, the panels, the pages themselves, like, took up a bigger swath of time mm-hmm. than, were, like, all the comics are kind of, like, they're done as, like, scenes. So, like, you have pages now that, you know, could be the same scene. Right. Sometimes you have issues that are, like, one scene. Sure. But in some cases now you have, like, like different locations just in panel to panel to panel and everything. So, I just think, like, they play with time differently. Yeah. Than, you know, now. But uh, that was a tangent, but. No, it's not. I'm, <laughs> no, but I'm following it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what it makes you know. If we're, if we're if we're switching to that, I don't know the idea of what really. I mean, all the stuff that I chose was happened to be one and done issues. You know, nothing I chose. Everything is self contained. It's self contained story from beginning to end. Do we have any? I mean, was there anything that we had? Do we want to? Do we want to talk about our honorable mentions? Anything we want to? Sure, we can do that. Okay. I have 15. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not doing all of them. I'm not doing yeah. all of Just give me it's to, it's uh, the one the that was like. From this point forward. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> right. Let me pull up my list, but yeah, you go You go ahead, Frank. Uh, well, for me, it was like I said, I, I was I was thinking of Action Comics 775. That was one that was neck and neck with thirty with Hitman 34. And then the other one that I thought that I really was kind of like is uh, an issue of Preachers, Preacher number 10. 
it's how yeah, I learned yeah, to like, yeah. Yeah, 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 how I learned to love the Lord, which is basically Jesse's telling Tulip the story of more of his screwed up origin, basically, and where I grew up in Angelville and how messed up things were, and basically at the end he just decided to to lean into it and the idea that from that for that character it was just one of those things where when you're at that point in your life you know you turn to something that's more than you and you go with it and that's it's one of those great garth Ennish issues of preacher that's not really like super over the top i mean it's over the top and some of the stuff that happens to him as a kid is terrible but it's one of those things where it's not there's also the moment of like he doesn't really do it that much anymore but there was a time when garth Ennis was a little more sentimental when the stuff that he wrote mm. there was definitely a little more um you know a little more i don't want to say humanity but there was definitely a little, a, a little bit more of a um you know, human undercurrent as opposed to like over the top <laughs> violence and. You mean when you use barracuda? And gore. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The touching, the yeah. touching story of barracuda. Oh no. my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those issues that I really do love, especially in that run. It's a great book, but that's one of the ones I really do love. So. Yeah, I have a bunch. Of, so I mean, if we ever do like a part two of this or a sure. continuation, but do you um, want to keep it for the continuation, or you want to? No, 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 no. I mean, so that's why I'm I started gonna, with like one or two. So I'm gonna. Yeah. You got I'm gonna I'm gonna point out two really, really, really I'm gonna point out two really really we're gonna quick run out of and one and one yeah. is gonna be we're gonna run out of tape. Um, so I'm going through a big like Tom King phase right now, and I've so uh, yeah, Are you crushing on him or what? Oh, I'm crushing on him huge right now. Wow. Um, so I finished Vision uh, a couple weeks back. That and, is so messed up. And there is there is an issue Fantastic. in Vision. <laughs> um, I read it, man. Uh, not not a spoiler, Clifton. <laughs> if you haven't checked out, but they're like, no, but vision, vision, oh, yeah, no, vision no, number you seven. Mine. It's so good. It's terrific. You can have vision number seven. Is just like this really cool issue that kind of tells the history of like his relationship yes. with Scarlet Witch, yes. like over Fantastic. like all the years, and it's yes. like a retelling of like a if bunch you, of like the original yes. Avengers. If you read it, if you read yeah. it Roy so Thomas good. or like the Steve Englehart miniseries, either the four like the four issue one, or I think it's Steve Englehart both. Bill Mantler wrote that. I'm sorry, Bill Mantler wrote the four issue. Steve mm-hmm. Englehart does the, the twelve issue one, but it's a lot of like touchstones of stuff that happened in that relationship. It's great. Right. I agree with you. It's, it's fantastic. The, and the other one I'm going to bring up really quick is just. Um, and I didn't reread this, so I was I wasn't ready to talk about it. But Batman six sixty six is oh, uh, yeah. the, the Morrison issue mm-hmm. where, with Damien grown up yes. as Batman. Yes, and so is the reason, the, the, well, the reason I bring this up is that like the the number of villains he creates in like a page <laughs> <laughs> that all have like oh wow right like that's a really awesome yeah. idea like Morrison. you know what I mean like Morrison yeah in 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 one. <laughs> brawl yes well <laughs> you I mean, know he's got like all these characters that i think right could all stick around sure you know they, <laughs> they will someone will come along and, and, and pilfer that stuff i'm sure yeah we'll do a part two on this okay what we'll were some th- of the villains uh i'm blanking on on a lot of the names but there was well, one that was like it was like jack and apes it was he was like a man gorilla <laughs> but like but like a circus yeah. motif you remember that one? dr sugar yeah <laughs> no <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> dr sugar <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Well, after Professor Pig. We should do. Yeah, should right. Do, exactly. Anything right. goes. And right. Flamingo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, I guess before we sign off. Hold on. We clipped that is. Yeah. Did you? Do you have an honorable yeah, mention? Oh, do you have an honorable mention? I, I barely came out with one. <laughs> I say, much less honorable mention. I'd be very surprised about Sorry, guys. 
One of my honorable mentions was Solo Number Five, which was the Darwin Cook issue sure, sure, mentioned yeah, before. Mm-hmm. And then another one was X Factor '87, which is Peter, Peter David the, David's, David's the where X Factor Ex- examinations. Yes, the psych evaluations. That's, that's, wait, <laughs> oh, that's a great one. It's a fantastic issue. It was the turn from X Factor back in was this it was mid early 90s right yeah 87 yeah yeah yeah. so x factor in the 80s and then into early 90s had Uh been the the original x team it was the return of gene gray early in the thing it was angel becoming archangel Mm -hmm. lots of apocalypse Mm -hmm. lots of fall of the mutants like all that stuff had been through there and Mm -hmm. then you get to 87 and it's a new team yes with uh, With big guy and madrax and havoc and like Wolf, the whole Wolfstein tone of the book, Wolfstein, the whole t- tone of the book changes, where they're doing psych evaluations on them, and it becomes cool. much more of the Peter David. Oh yeah, the bread and butter stuff. Yeah, but very insightful. Like, it's very playing good. Char- a lot of good ideas. A lot of really good characterization, and it's one of those things where some characters you're like, I never that never occurred to me. That's what that's like for the person. Well, that makes perfect sense. I need to reread that because I read that. It's <laughs> really young. It's age. really good. Larry Larry Stroman, I think, does the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. definitely does artwork. I remember that exactly. Uh, do I have that listed? Going, going back to all the nineties X stuff. No, Joe Casada. Is it Joe Casada listed? I thought he was doing covers at that point. Oh no 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 no. It's listed as penciler and Al Mil- and Al Milgram is inks. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Colorist Marie Javins. He okay. starts off on the book. It was it was that one purple villain. What's his Ran- name? Uh, random? Random. Because oh, yeah. he's one that creates random. Oh, and then okay. afterwards, then Stroman comes out to replace him. Gotcha. Yeah. Good fool, man. Yeah. That is a great issue. Mm-hmm. That it's was the really... one, like, in the 90s, which doesn't have, like, isn't the best reputation for X-Men books around that time. But I remember then everybody was still, like, X-Factor is, like, really good. I mean, the thing the about one. it was you had typical, like you, like you said, you had Fall of the Mutants and a lot of stuff that just happened. And then right after the big crossover was, what, Messiah Complex? Is that the one where Xavier gets shot? Which one am I thinking of? Now Messiah. No. That was much more like yeah, Executioner okay. Song. Executioner oh, Song, that's right. it. But there's like a big crossover there and it was kind of like typical fair and X-Men and typical fair and Uncanny and then you get to <laughs> X-Factor and it's like, oh, cool, we're going to have something with this outside there, the norm and not necessarily... Is there an issue where they're like opening a jar of mayonnaise? That's one of the bits in it. Yeah, like, like most like of the, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a great, that's a great issue. Really good issue. Tommy, honorable mention. No. <laughs> oh my god! I've, oh my gosh! He's saving it for the second right. episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, because like, all this good stuff. When we come back head. to it, there's too many to choose from. Yeah. Zach, we're gonna choose more yeah, for the Zach, next time. Zach, I don't want to blow your mind. Want you process what I gave you first. Cool. All right. Yeah. So that was the first episode. But before we sign off completely, okay. uh, what are we? I thought it'd be fun if we all kind of like ended on like what what's something we're looking forward to or what's something we're reading or oh my gosh. watching now that we're excited about or yeah you mind if I start off yeah go ahead no, for it, Tommy. I have to say I'm looking forward to Primal um, oh yeah that's starting off like in fact the days um, and then I listen to it we'll probably already be done by the time <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, by the time <laughs> yeah but what but what what I heard an interview with him talking about how he got into it. And it's just a reminder that um, things, things, great things can come from other ideas that you don't even see coming. And I was just telling this to Frank earlier that when he it, when he was interviewed concerning Primal, he stated that his concept of what it was was a little boy and a dinosaur. And it's supposed to be Cartoon Network ready. But um, a lot of people stated that the best scenes of what he did were his um, ones with no words. And if you look back to his best work with Samurai Jack 
um, hell, Dexter's Laboratory, and even uh, the Clone Wars. Clone Wars. It yeah. was when there was no conversation whatsoever. It's just full on action. So he decided to do that with Primal. Basically, the whole uh, theme, or at least consistent with the series, is it's straight up action. I'm just hoping it's 30 minutes long as opposed to 10 minute bursts where Cartoon Network is loving, lovingly giving us for like God knows for the last what. Seven it's years. Supposed to be thirty minutes. Right? Yeah, you're, but you're in all five, like in consecutive yeah, nights. Consecutive yeah. nights. But that's but that's what I'm hoping for because they yeah. could just as easily give us ten minutes <laughs> and, and then pad it on with some other thing that's ten minutes, you know, into that block yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I'm hoping it's thirty minutes. Hopefully. I'm looking forward to Hopefully. because uh well again he's been giving this for the last few years, with the exception of Samurai Jack, is effing how Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. So I can only imagine. <laughs> Which aren't bad. They're not bad, but, but yeah, it's, it's not it, what I'm not, yeah, <laughs> accustomed to it's, seeing. It's him not do. what excites me. Yeah, about it's him. not. It's not symbiotic Titan, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, but that's I'm sure see, it pays some bills. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, it's paid for a summer home. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it allows him to do other things. Yes, but but yes. yeah, that's what's making me excited yeah. or looking forward to for the upcoming I'm days. I'm super excited about that too. But what yeah. I like about that is like we didn't know he was doing it all. Like it just sort of like. There's just a trailer like, that came out here. one day. Like, this will be out in the fall. Oh, my God. It's like, like somebody came to my house like, with what? a pumpkin pie. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. I like this. Oh, yeah. Don't go. Please, please, please. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Who wants to go next? Frank, Clifton, Zach? Frank can go. All right, I'll go next. Sure. I am oddly optimistic and excited for the Crisis on Infinite Earths and CW. Okay. Um, whether or not it's going to be great or terrible, I don't know yet. I am mostly excited by the ambition of it all mm. and the fact that they keep saying, and this person's in it, and this person's in it, and this person's in it from all these other DC shows to actually try and make a cohesive Crisis on Infinite Earths on television. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's one of those things where as okay. much as I'm not excited about stuff that's coming out from DC in the movies, I am genuinely excited about this for the fall and the winter, mm -hmm. or I guess it's going to be okay. December and January. Just Chloe, the, uh, is Chloe Sullivan coming back? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the hookers on the street. Too, I I hope yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, I forgot. God. Yeah. What are those two up to? Don't yeah. don't lean into his car. That's all I'm telling you. No, don't lean into the car. But no, I, I I don't believe so. I don't believe she's going to be a part of of any of it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 very excited about it. I'm very excited about for the fact that they're bringing in you know uh, Tom Welling and there's talk of Linda Carter being Wonder Woman and Burt Ward being you know. Really, Something. really old yeah, Robin, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the fact that they've gotten um, Kevin Conroy as, as some sort of old man Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. and there's hints, yeah. there's talking about you know ter ter a Terry McGinnis or a Batman Beyond in it. I mean, there's all sorts of cool. stuff that yeah, you know. Be cool. The fact that they're going, they're basically pulling out all the stops. Brandon Routh does look pretty cool. And Brandon Kingdom Ra Come Superman. I Brandon Routh Kingdom Come like, Superman yeah. looks pretty cool. Even next to Tyler, I don't know how to say his last name. Hochler. 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 I can't remember. Clifton for the win. Yes. But anyway, I, I'm. Anything, yeah. <laughs> he is a great Superman. He is. He's a great he's Superman. He's terrific. So it's one of those things where, I mean, as much as I, you know, as I, as I bitch sometimes about the shows on the CW being too long and having too many episodes, I am genuinely excited about this and looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. Let me know how it is. I will. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Fun. Yeah. What am I? So I, I'm excited about um, the uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, fall movie preview issue <laughs> that is going to be coming out All soon. Right. Feels late. We live in the internet. So, so the inter so I mean, they went to monthly. Okay. Now, so, but, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's not a good so sign. That, so, no. Uh, no, no, it's not. But uh, 
It is, it is literally my favorite like magazine that comes out every year. And like that issue occupies me for about a week straight. Mm-hmm. So what I like about it is that like it's so it, it's queuing up all the award season movies, which, you know, not all of them are things I generally want to see. But, but, what's, <laughs> but cool, there. Oh, what's cool about it, like, <laughs> so what's different about the fall stuff as opposed to the summer stuff is, is, you know, all the summer stuff that's coming like two years in advance. Mm. Right. Like, because it's all the blockbuster stuff. And that everything. makes sense. Okay. And, and what I like about the fall stuff is that you can be surprised about some like a movie that you didn't know about was coming out or you heard was getting made and maybe you thought it didn't sound that good but then you see a trailer you see commercials where you're like oh no wow that looks actually better than i thought it would so i'm super excited for that issue because there's a lot of cool stuff that that we know about already coming out contradicting what i was saying but like you know the lighthouse and Ford versus Ferrari and oh yeah, a lot of stuff. out and you know so there's a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. coming. There's out. a lot of cool stuff coming. Yeah, out. so that's mine, Clifton. All right, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll talk if you want. Right. If you're excited about it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been catching up on the My Hero Academia anime. Okay, I was very you watch the that? game really? Uh, all of. <laughs> What? The first three seasons now, I believe, of the anime. Wow. Uh, very late to the game. I'm blown. Because <laughs> I know it's been going on. Yes. Yeah, with the anime. But I love it. I enjoy it. Man. It's it's uh, American superhero. It's like the Japanese taking American concepts of superheroes. Yes. Back through a Japanese filter by way of like pro wrestling. Yes. And yes. back out. Yes. And, then, and putting it back out is this like fascinating thing. That's yeah. almost like, a very accurate description of just what. I love it. The characters are great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I, I just got a pop of stain. Oh, nice. And prior to that, um, I'm trying to get one. Which of you them. can see their influences in like, like they, like the people who make it obviously love Mm. like the American superheroes. That's where they're drawing their inspiration from. And occasionally you'll see, I forget the creator's name, but I saw in some art he did of Avengers mm-hmm. recently. That was, yeah. that was That's so nice. great. Yeah, is, it, nice. is it very archetypal stuff or is it just? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes and no. Right. Like one of the main characters is very much a Shazam okay. <laughs> okay. character. Yeah, right. It is someone who named All Might, mm-hmm. who, ah, yes. uh, who basically has different personas and like he's the super powered one. Yes. And then he's not the super powered one. Right. And uh, it's very much playing on the ideas of Shazam. Okay. Uh, you think it's Shazam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the reason I say that is only because. Of he's considered the number one hero, right? I mean, and, uh, there's and that, the whole so. it's 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 almost to me a a, a combination of Superman and Shazam. Yeah, I mean, that Shazam, I can see it, too. yeah, in the premise of how he how his powers act and stuff right. like that. Yeah, okay, no, I agree. Yeah, and the legacy. Yeah, and the legacy. But yeah, when you mentioned Stain, like that's one where I swear, like you can see the McFarlane. Oh yeah, big time. in that game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it yes. just looks like a like a '90s McFarlane villain, yes. like, okay. like rags hanging off, and like, like tattered rags, <laughs> yes. and like yes. bracers with spikes. Yes. Like they're clearly yes. Clear. like no. going for a '90s image look. Gotcha. Very cool. <laughs> that is cool. awesome. That does yeah. sound cool. Are you reading the manga? I'm not. I've only been doing the anime. <sighs> the reason why I I'm now on the manga, mind you, I've collected the manga. And I'm current with the manga. Like I have 
I think it's 21 books of it. Okay. Out of all of them. But it, the the anime wouldn't come out fast enough. And it's not, and it's, it, what I like about it is, well, I have to jump on what you said. It has substance. It's not, it's not purely homage and a love letter to it. What he has planned is intriguing. And I like the aspects of it just because it's archetype what he represents and who he pulls out, but it's interesting to see what he's pulling out of mm. which character. And he doesn't stop. It, it starts <laughs> It starts with an idea you'll recognize, mm. and mm. then he takes it someplace you wouldn't expect. So yes. where, where are you watching this? Uh, they run it on Toonami. I think Hulu currently has. I thought um, um, What's Now has it too. Netflix, right? At Netflix point, does. They, Hulu has it. Oh, they lost Hulu it. Hulu has they all three it. seasons, yeah. I believe, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, How old is it? Though, like how old the, the book? How old is the manga? Oh, it's new. It's new by uh, newish, like new-ish. five years. Yeah. Okay. But because oh my god! But because, it was like an yeah. instant international it, sensation. Yeah, okay. it like caught on like wildfire. Going to comic cons, it's the number one costume. At least I, the okay. one I was in over the summer. Yeah. The comic cons was it. It was the number one costume you would huh. see people dressed up as. There's the various characters, right? Because it's a huge cast of characters. So there's you know, tons of people for people to latch onto as their favorite. Right. Imagine X-Men in which it's just not one class. Right. There's tiers. Okay. And of those tiers, each one wants to be the best hero they can possibly be. In different schools. Yeah, in different schools. With different classes. Yeah. And also the percentage. Imagine if mutants could go for more than 20%. It's a world where almost everyone has powers. Yeah, like 80%. Kind of top 10-ish? Yeah. And they're all trying to be the best. Yeah. And, And... their, their way of powers is more than what you expect. It's them. It's damn near the aspect of mutants. Yeah, like they're like they're bizarre powers. Yes, sometimes. okay. But they delve more into it on a world level and a psychological level. Okay. Like if you were to get such and such powers, how would you cope? Would you be a villain? Would you be a hero? How would your friends and family like it if you had that? They take it on that level. Okay. But it's cool. cool. Yeah. But it, as far as mangas go, I was surprised it was that in depth. And, and insightful but i hate fillers in anime god <laughs> fillers are what they call when they run out of story mm. they'll create new story okay <sighs> like when they go past when like they catch up to the book and then they so the book can produce more material for them to adapt adapt right okay. yeah that's why i stay away from um anime because at one point they meet their number of uh episodes mm-hmm. but they'll supersede what they want to progress with the chapter so they'll give you a story that has something to do with the overall story but it might spotlight a character or an aspect of a story in which has nothing to do with the original creator the, i guess the original creator will create points in which they can use in order to make a story but ultimately they <laughs> it's not the creator who has who's a better form of storytelling than that right okay okay yeah but it's but no, I'm I'm very surprised that because you because the anime I thought you enjoyed was more than just uh, ongoing series because this is ongoing series type of anime. No, I like both. I okay, mean. okay, right. impressed. Cool. Okay, so we're gonna sign off. Thank you for listening to our very first episode of Let Me Know How It Is. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. And don't forget to subscribe. And we'll see you next time.